If the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. God wants to finish the story. And the very thing that we would love, he enfolds in himself all that would bring joy and life and peace to us. Welcome to Keep the Main Thing, a podcast of sermons and messages from Pastor Leland Evenson. I'm Mark Evenson. Today we wrap up our time with Pastor Jedediah Sharmer. It's been fun having Pastor Jedediah be part of the Keep the Main Thing podcast. Well, thanks, Jedediah. This has really been a lot of fun and another chance for you and I to hang out and get to know you better. Um, As we kind of move towards the end of these podcasts, Uh, Maybe share with us maybe one thing that you remember most or a few things that you remember most that you want to share. You know, on a Sunday morning when you get up and preach as a pastor, and again, when I met Lee, uh, I was really new to the pulpit and had a large congregation that had gathered. And when you stand in front of people and share God's word and share your story uh, and open yourself up to that, it's... A vulnerability. Uh, it really is. And you trust that God has spoken through you and you've done the homework and and you've been faithful to his word. And yet there's a sense of, did that translate? Uh, do people understand? Did they hear? Is what I said uh, getting across? And there were a number of times early on that you sit down and you're like, I think that was just garbage. <laughs> and God's word is never garbage. It, it never goes out and returns empty. It always accomplishes what he sent it forth for. That is a promise in the word, but my human flesh would sometimes sit back down and just kind of hang my head like, oh, that. And Lee, without missing a beat, almost every time that happened, would get up to serve communion and in his preface to that would, I don't know if he knew I needed it or God was working through him to speak it, but he would stand up and say, man, that was a powerful word from Pastor Jedediah. Aren't we thankful that he's given us a true word from God in this? And he was so complimentary when he didn't need to be. He was so encouraging when I was you know, just the young buck uh, in the team. And he was a wonderful uh, advocate like that. And and as a mentor who I look to Pastor Lee as a mentor. In fact, one time I, early on, I also sat down with him and I asked if he would mentor me. And as an old guy, he didn't really, I mean, 60 years ago, you didn't have mentors. I mean, maybe you hung out with guys that helped you along, but I said, you know, Lee, would you mentor me? I'm kind of vulnerable in this and I'm new to this. And so would you be willing to share some of your, uh, your insights and lessons from life? And he kind of shook me off a couple of times. And I said, well, what if I came with some questions and then you could just answer some questions with me? And he said, okay, fine, fine, fine. So I came in and I set an appointment with him and sat down and said, okay, Lee, what, you know, 
what's the biggest question you want to ask your mentor? What was the biggest mistake you made growing up or what was the biggest mistake you made young in ministry that I could avoid if, if you told me about it? And he shared a few things, but I think by the second time I sat down and said, Lee, ready to answer some questions at the, the second meeting? He said, I don't have anything else to share with you. <laughs> and I thought, Lee, you have a lifetime to share with me, but he didn't want to teach like that. That wasn't how he engaged. He engaged shoulder to shoulder on an everyday um, conversation. He'd pull you aside and say, can we just sit in my office and talk a little bit? And, and I found the less formal we were, and the more I just knocked on his door and came in and shut it behind me and sat in his chair, and he'd just look over his book, over his glasses at me, and, and I'd start in and he'd listen, and he'd always have some good advice. I miss that about... Lee. I had missed his encouragement. I miss his uh, love for me. Um, like I said at his, at his funeral, he, he loved me. Um, and I thought we were co-workers for a long time. Um, but I learned quickly that that was genuine and, and forthright love for me. So I missed those pieces. He was a great uh, colleague. He was a good friend. Um, I remember connecting with him all kinds of times outside of work, outside of church, going over to his house and just visiting. Um, even after he retired, uh, to sit with him on a regular basis was important for me. So um, I miss his friendship probably more than anything. I miss his friendship. I hope everyone has enjoyed Pastor Jedediah Sharmer sharing his thoughts and memories of working with my father towards the end of his ministry. I know I did. Here is The Christmas Injection, December 24th, 1987. We were grateful when we went on our trip to India and Nepal and Bangladesh that we had some injections for a variety of things that you could catch over there. Some needed to get a tetanus booster or a polio booster or something for hepatitis and malaria need in our day and age with medicine that there is injection for many of the things that are wrong with us when we have pain we can get an injection we have diabetes we can get insulin there are a variety of sicknesses but a variety of injections to help us sometimes we're sick of life and sometimes people try chemicals variety of drugs or alcohol and become addicted because there are side effects also to some of these injections that we take. Christmas is a miracle medicine. It's for those who are sick unto death, for people who are sick of life, sick of marriage, sick of themselves, sick of religion, sick of the emptiness and boredom of simply going in circles from day to day. Jesus said, they who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. He came as that great physician. Christmas can be the miracle injection that can do a work in us, in our hearts, in our minds, in our voice story of a husband who storms out of the house after a bitter argument with his wife. She stands at the door screaming after him, you'll be back, you'll be back. 
will be back. How long do you think you can stand happiness? We can't stand happiness very long. It seems we have it for a little while at Christmas. But somehow we're drawn back into the desert of misery. We seem to thrive there, thrive and cutting one another down, neglecting one another, infecting one another, saying those things that are sword thrusts and not words of healing. In a variety of ways, we just can't seem to stand the happiness of this season for whatever reason that we, we are drawn back out of it, out of the joy of giving and sharing and thinking of others and all that goes with it, the praising and the worshiping. The miracle of Christmas is that if we get the right injection that somehow it can take care of that. That happiness doesn't have to be something we draw back from, but it can be a way of life in the truest sense of the word. The first thing that the Christmas injection deals with is rejection. There was a one ad in the paper in Tracy 11 years ago. I was reading in the paper today. A man said, wanted a home to have Christmas dinner. We'll furnish the turkey. Fortunately, there was one home that took him up on it, and for 11 years he has shared Christmas with this family. But there are a lot of lonely people you see in this world, a lot of rejected people. You may sit here this evening as someone who senses rejection in one or more people. We grow up with it. When we're little, we're, we choose sides, and we feel rejected often until we're chosen last. Or in high school, we ask a certain young lady for a date, and we may feel rejected, or we don't make a certain team or we don't get a certain, on a certain honor roll, and somehow we live with rejection because we may not feel that we earn enough, or we're beautiful enough, or our clothes are not fashionable enough, or our car's not nice enough, or our gadgets are not modern enough, or our house is not furnished enough, the food is not fancy enough, or our relation is not romantic enough. And for a variety of reasons, there's a lot of rejection in our country and in many, many people. And tonight you may be one of them. Maybe lonely. You may be sitting next to someone who is to be your husband or wife, and yet you sense there's a wall between you, this high and thick, the wall of Jericho. There was rejection. There was no room for Mary and Joseph in the end. Many went back and followed him no more, we read about Jesus when he grew up. Christmas injection is a story of reception. The shepherds were terrified. They thought it's another rejection. People rejected them because of the smell that they had and because of their occupation from time to time. But the story of Christmas is a story of good news, that he didn't come to condemn the world, but he came to save the world. For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus that all who believe should not perish but have everlasting life. 
Christmas. It's to touch our hearts, to make us know that with whom it really counts, we are accepted, we are loved. From time to time, my children could get in trouble in school to let me know they were normal children, not special, simply because they grew up in a parsonage. And I could think of Shana with two sheets of paper written saying, I will no longer talk in school, and she's carrying these around the house, and I say, Shana, what do you have there? And she comes up to me with a white look on her face. She says, I have to have you sign this. How come you've been carrying it around for two days? I, who loved her so much, was afraid of my own love. Said, are you, were you afraid? What could you be afraid of? I can't really tell you. Are you afraid I would beat you? No, of course not. Are you afraid I would scold you? No, not really. Are you afraid I would preach at you? Well, Shauna, let me tell you that if you were so bad that your picture was on the front page of every paper and you were the epitome of all that a young lady and a girl should not be, I would not love you any less. And if your picture was on the front page of every paper and you were known as the Miss America of, in a certain year, I would not love you anymore. Do you understand that? You see, that's what I was afraid of. You just don't make sense. <laughs> Neither does the gospel. It doesn't make sense, you see, that he loves us just as we are. No matter where you've been or what you've done, tonight he loves you just as you are. He doesn't reject you. That's the injection of this Christmas story. It deals with our heart. For as long as we feel rejected, we will reject others. As long as we don't have that sense of being loved, we are unable to love. The Lord one day showed me in my grieving over Miriam. He said, now you're beginning to understand. One of the, the fruits, and knowing that all things can work with good to those who love me. One of the fruits you are going to understand in a way you've never understood before, Leland, is the ache and the vacuum when you've lost someone. I lost the world. And your ache and pain, you can multiply it 10 million times in your heart, that ache and that void of losing your wife, but it will barely begin to touch the ache and void when I have lost my children. He created us because he needed us. Who wants to eat alone? Who 
wants to watch a sunset alone or a beautiful snowfall or go for a walk in the snow alone. I wanted to share it all with her. Everything to celebrate it together, to go on a trip, to sit quietly, to share it all, to share the exciting news of the engagement of a son. Hopefully someday to share the excitement of the first grandchild. God in his wonder aches for us because he wants to share all of life with us. Everything we are and everything we do, he designed and created us in his image so that he would, in a sense, need us. We would need that meeting and relationship with him. The Christmas injection is the story of a God who comes because he loves you with all of his love tonight. There is nothing you've done that's so bad that he would love you any less. Nothing you could do that he would love you anymore. He comes with that kind of injection. He comes also with an injection that heals our mind. That takes away the puzzle of life. So we begin to understand the shepherds, all of a sudden it fell together. All of a sudden they understood the prophecies and and that this has been prophesied for years, and now with the puzzle was coming together. Norman Cousins says, where man doesn't find the answer, he finds fear. People are living in fear today because they don't see that in Jesus the puzzle comes together. That he who has seen, me has seen the Father, that, that it deals with our thinking and with our mind. It takes away the puzzles of life when once we understand the Christmas injection. H.L. Mencken says, the worst fact about life's human experience is not that it is a tragedy, but it is a bore. It is not that it is predominantly painful, but it is lacking in any sense. He is the truth. The Christmas injection puts it all together. Somehow it heals our minds so we begin to see the pattern and design of who we are and who God is. Betty Crocker, when she first came out with her cake mixes, they were a colossal failure. All you had to do was add water, nobody bought them. Finally, their research department went to work, did a lot of research, and found out that consumers thought it's just too simple, it just can't work. So they went back to the drawing board, changed it so that you also add water and eggs. It was a colossal success. See, that's the way we are. It's too simple. You see, the Christmas story is just too simple. It's got to be just for children. Somehow it's too simple to say that he comes that I can have life and he has come that I can have joy, that all things hold together in him. It's just too simple. And so somehow we go by it and we ignore it and we try to complicate life. It's too simple he can change my life and make me to, or change my marriage, or change my attitudes. 
the Christmas injection is to know the reflection of who I am and who he is and why I'm here. Got a beautiful book of recipes that just came out by many of the people in our church. They would be downhearted if we tried to change the recipe to cut out something or add something because they have found through their experience this is what works. There is a whole world trying to change the recipe of the Christian faith. Time magazine had the new age. All of the far out kinds of things that people are desperately trying to do. It's just too simple to see that in Jesus the whole thing holds together. And so they're trying to complicate and change the recipe. And so life loses its taste and its interest and we become bored and beat day by day. Seek first his kingdom. The Christmas injection puts it all together. As simple as it is, it's so simple that Jesus said, you've got to become like a child to enter the kingdom. Or get your sophisticated intellectual philosophy of trying to figure out life yourself. Simply accept me and accept my word. And Christmas will not be a season that you leave and go back to the desert of misery. And finally the Christmas injection changed their voice. It changed the sound of their life. It says they return praising and glorifying God, it says about the shepherds. It had injected a peace and a joy into them. It can do that for you and me. Without the Christmas injection, the sound of our voice is a sound of complaining, even in our abundance and our affluence. And now when I've come back from India, I've got to bite my tongue when I hear people complain about the petty things we often complain about, and I'm tempted to too. We groan and we moan and we complain and we criticize and we gossip. The Christmas injection is meant to change the sound of our voice, to praise to glorify the Lord, to sounds of love and encouragement for those around us. And the gift goes on. I've heard that song over and over and over on the radio. Beautiful song. And that's what Christmas is. The gift goes on. I should pass it on to the next person. The gift of Jesus should become through me. Every once in a while we get these... <clears throat> samples in the mailbox they're given to us so we are encouraged to buy the product but they want to give us a taste you are meant if you know the reality of the Lord you're meant to be those samples that are dropped into the lives of other people that give them a taste of what the Christian faith is of what Christian love is what Christian servanthood is So that people can stand happiness and not go back into the desert of misery.
Luther says we can mark our lack of faith by our joy, for our joy must necessarily be as great as our faith. Mark Twain said, grief can take care of itself, but to get the full value of joy, you must have somebody to share it with. And they return, spreading the word that had been told them. The Christmas injection changes the sound of our voice to a new sound of praise and glory and honor. There was a story I remember using years ago at Christmas. And it came back to haunt me this year because it's more real than ever. The story of a little girl that had lost her mother. And as Christmas came, they tried to distract her from that loss. They took her places to see Santa Claus. They bought her some gifts. They took her to Christmas programs. She'd forget for a while. And suddenly she would go sober and say disgustingly, I don't want nothing. I want my mommy. The ache and the emptiness crept back. So it is in my own life. I can be distracted for a while. People in loving concern can share in a variety of ways. And that certainly has helped carry the load. But every once in a while you come back to that moment where you say to yourself, I don't want nothing. I want her once more to hold and to love and cherish and to celebrate. There is that shake place to nothing else in this moment would fit. But in a deeper sense, in each of us, in each of you, there is a God-shaped place where nothing else will fit. And you can try to distract yourself, you can turn up the sound of the noise of a radio or TV, you can get busy in your life, but in a variety of ways, by slamming doors and all of the other things that go with our impatience and our unhappiness and all of that in a variety of ways we are saying I don't want nothing I want God for he has created us as Augustine says and our hearts are restless till they rest in him even as we ache for him and he only can fill that emptiness so he aches for us and so because of that great love he sent Jesus and once more we could meet for life is meeting as one philosopher says it's relationships it's sharing the beauty of life, the wonder of being together, of sharing and talking, of eating and praying and praising. Life is meeting. None of us want to live on an island by ourselves. 
but he designed us not only to meet each other, but to meet him in a living, loving relationship that goes on forever. If you had the Christmas injection, you know the reality of Jesus in your heart and life so that the season will not end your celebration. He's here tonight. For every door that is open and every heart that is hungry and every mind that is puzzled and every voice that has a sound of death and not life, he comes with the Christmas injection that can last forever. Amen. A big thank you to Pastor Jedediah Sharma for joining us on Keep the Main Thing. And as always, super appreciative to Spencer, Ligi, and Shauna for helping out. Until next time, may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you.